Hello and welcome back to Out of the Box MTG. This is episode two of our podcast and we're really excited to have you guys here. Whether this is your first listen or you're back for the second time, happy to have you. Um, today, in the spirit of spoiler season and universal chaos, we are going to be talking about March of the Machine, March of the Machine Commander, March of the Machine Aftermath, talking about cards and things that we love from these sets. Um, they are really, really fun, really exciting, really big story culminations, and there's a lot to talk about. So we're excited to dive into it. We know that review episodes are kind of a dime a dozen out there in the world. So we are trying to take a different approach to the review episode by giving us some more narrowed topics, narrowed questions. You know, the questions that we're going to be looking at today is going to be favorite legends, uh, favorite common or uncommon cards that we're adding to our specific decks. And then just a fun little bonus question about who we'd want to be fighting Phyrexians with. If we had to pick somebody to fight Phyrexians, who would we go with? So that's what we're going to be diving into today. Before we do that, I want to call out um, the Substack page. We are hosting this podcast on Substack, but you can find it in other platforms, Spotify, Apple, all the places. But we also have a web page where we're releasing articles every single week. And we've had some we have some really cool ones out right now. We have one that Logan wrote called Commander Darwinism about evolution of Commander, where it's going, where it's heading. Is the evolution counterintuitive? Really, really fun read. Um, we put another one up that I wrote about defoiling, the process of looking at transcendentalist ideals and how that's helped me frame my relationship to the game and managing card ownership, new cards, kind of the the daily, like the, just the absolute downpour of products that we're seeing, um, how to manage that. So if you have, the, if you get the chance, head over to Substack, out of the box MTG, and give those article articles a read. They, they're awesome. We're really proud of the work that's going on over there um, and would love for you all to check that out. So today we have a smaller group than last week. Simon, unfortunately, could not make it tonight, but we have with us Logan. What up? And Jake. Yo, 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 yo. Um, hey, guys. Welcome. We want to talk really quickly before we dive into some of these new cards. Um, talk about any fun games that we've played. We really enjoy, uh, and as we you know, listen in the other, other podcasts in the sphere, I love listening to stories about games because that's fun. That's what this is about. It's about having fun, telling crazy stories. So, Logan, Jake, any fun games you played? Yeah, I've uh, I've got a pretty fun one. Um, so I just this Saturday I had um, just found out that I have some friends uh, in the group that I play basketball with that play Magic, and so went and played Magic with them for the first time. Always fun, you know, finding new groups of friends that play and everything like that. Um, but I was playing Gear Ed and it was the first game. And I, I don't play my deck super high powered. Like I don't play fast mana. I don't have Soul Ring in any, or like Mana Crypt or Mana Vault in any of my decks or anything. But Gear Ed just got off to like a super spicy start. And I just like kind of just trounced the table by like turn five, six. It was pretty gross. Um, it was basically like turn two. There's a new enchantment that came out. I think it was just last year called Determined Iteration. Oh, which, New which Capenna. Says, yeah, from New Capenna, which says at your 
at the beginning of combat on your turn, you're going to populate. And then you're going to sack the token at the end of combat. So you're not too broken or anything. I just, I ramped the next turn. And then the following turn after that, I cast a new card from Dominar United, Kadric, uh, Soul uh, Kindler. Um, and he gives, you can, when a legendary creature enters the battlefield, you can pay one and make a token copy of it. And he says that legendary perm- tokens you control, like don't follow the legend rule. And so the following turn, I cast Gearhead, paid one to make a copy of him. Then I went to combat and I populated again with determined iteration. So I made a second one. Each of those Gearheads attacked and populated themselves. And literally in one turn, I I've made like before. six rhinos and I had four Gearheads on the table. It was insane. <laughs> <laughs> what's better than a bunch of four to five drop legends in your deck four to five copies of one legend in your deck <laughs> and rhinos a lot of rhinos yeah. i felt really bad too because this is like my first time with this play group and i was like guys i promise my deck does not pop off like this normally that's but a lie when it popped off like that um, it was literally like it was like turn four or five it was just it was nasty but it was so cool to see i had i had everyone dead basically by turn six because one player was at like maybe 15 life. They're like, yeah, I got nothing. Let's just call it. <laughs> Scoop, Wild. shuffle, play another one. Yeah. It's my kind of game. Yep, exactly. <laughs> um, I've got one at Q. Um, yeah. I, I've been, I've been weighing. It was, well, it was probably like two, two and a half weeks ago. I was playing with Logan and a couple of our other friends. Um, and there was a couple of sweet games that night. Yeah. Um, one though, I still don't know how uh, how how we should have finished the game or how the resolution <laughs> of everything worked out. So I'll just kind of throw it out there, and you guys can let me know what should have happened. But um, and if I'm remembering wrong, Logan, fill me in. But yeah, yeah. so I'm playing my Bellacor Gryruda deck, um, which is just even mana value demons, and one of the demons in the deck is Abyssal Persecutor, which is a four drop six six. And that's pretty much why he's in there uh, because big power on a low low body there when i'm skipping all my odd mana values pretty important but i had that out and the other thing on the other line of text is that i can't win and my opponents can't lose um and one of our other buddies was playing i uh, peregrine dynamo tron crazy copying all the things mm-hmm. um but and i don't remember how there were other things happening maybe bellicor was throwing damage around there was some stuff going on but Logan and and our fourth were dead, but not out of the game because of my abyssal persecutor. <laughs> and uh, but before, like I don't know, before the the fourth died, uh, Mike uh, the the Peregrine Dynamo player had to figure out. Okay, so what happens when Jake dies? Like, what's the order resolution? In fact, I think Mike had negative life total as well. He might have. Right? I think he did. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he did. So we were trying to figure out. Okay, so if the active player has negative life. And everyone else is dead, and then I die. What? what who? Who wins? Because <laughs> me dying would then remove the persecutor, right? Right. And so then, then all of a sudden, people could start losing. So obviously, I was dead. Um, but we were, weren't sure if Mike would win or if it would have been because uh, essentially the turn order was Mike, Logan, me, and our, and then other Quentin are fourth. Mm-hmm. So the question was how does that yeah how does that play so i think we gave mike the win because he pulled it off but yeah honestly it might have been quinton just winning off of off of turn order we don't really yeah. know weird <laughs> so, yeah does, that's fun one. does it just end in a draw at that point 
Like, no. does it check? Does it state based? State based. I thought, just, I I thought state based right? actions checked at like a singular moment for all things, and it it didn't move in sequence. So maybe it's just a draw. Hey, I don't I would have, know the answer. I'd have appreciated a draw because I won the other two games that night. So I'm here for it. <laughs> Wild. Yeah. That was zany, cool. zany games. We love it. Um, I had one. I was playing the other night with some friends, and I have an uh, an Othelm. It's a Guardian Outcast deck. It's one of the uh, Stranger Things reskins, universes within. And I got off to a really slow start um, and was very likely going to lose the game. I was facing like a Brunor Battlehammer that was one-shotting people, uh, a a Jolene that was also in one-shot territory. So I was just like, if anybody hits me, I'm just dead. But I I drew an, an AL of the Dawn Sky and slap that down with some extra mana to be able to activate Othelm twice because I could untap him. And I had an altar of dementia and ended up just like looping through and got blood spore Thrynax, the one that adds a bunch of counters to stuff. And I was just like mm-hmm. moving counters around. So I managed to mill. Oh, I don't know. It, I was I was nearly infinite i think i had somewhere in the range of 256 256 power creatures um and so sounds like a great green deck (laughs) yeah it uh and in fact those are mostly white cards that did that which is but it was it was a crazy game did not expect to pull out the win but it was it was a fun one so that's sick um but yeah march of the machine what 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 a a wild what a wild Super set. Cool set, right? Yeah. So let's let's jump into the talking about some cards. We're gonna start with our first question. Um, we're gonna talk about favorite legends. And the original intent was pick one legend. But as we were chatting, impossible. None of us <laughs> could come to terms with picking one favorite legend. So we are gonna pretend like we planned on this and say that since it's all about team ups and partnering in this set. We're picking two for that reason, not because we're indecisive and can't choose what cards <laughs> we love more than others. So, Logan, hit us with your first favorite legend. Yeah, so my first one is is probably the one that will be, like, I would guess probably the most popular legend from the set. Um, but it's not for that reason. But it's Omnath, Locus of All. Um, so my very first deck that I built in Commander was three color omnath which is omnath locus of the royal and i really and i loved that deck and i've re- and i just have I, i've just grown to just love omnath as a character and magic and everything so once he became five color and he was completed in this set it was just it was really cool um for those of you guys who don't know what he does so five mana but the black it's wooberg but the black symbol is a phyrexian mana symbol so you can pay life for it how tilted are you that we never get an omnath with a swamp symbol on it yeah, it's kind of wild, but it's close enough. <laughs> but he's um, so he's a four, four for five or four. If you pay two life, if you would lose unspent mana, that mana becomes black instead. And it makes the, up for it. Mm-hmm. And then at the beginning of your pre-combat main phase, look at the top card of your library. You may reveal that card if it has three or more colored mana symbols and its mana cost. If you do add three mana in any combination of its colors, put it in your hand. If you don't, um, if you don't reveal it, put it into your hand. So really cool card. I, I don't, to be honest, I don't know how just strictly strong Omnath himself is, 
he can give you a little bit of mana and he can give you an extra card on, you know, every turn and everything. I still think he's strong. Um, he's but, cool though. Really cool card. Yeah. Just really cool. Um, and I just love Omnath as a character. I think the art in this set for him was really, really cool. Also. Yeah. Um, but Which I one's also, your favorite? Um, I honestly think I just like the original, just like standard frame one, just the standard frame one. I think that one's probably my favorite, even though like, the other yeah. ones are really cool. Um, I, that one just like you can see his hands just like the best in that one i feel like i love that one um but i also didn't the first time i read this card i don't know if you guys did this the first time i read this card i thought it said three or more colored mana symbols like reading it as like different like colors and so i didn't yeah, yeah that's I did what too. i thought Is it not yeah. that? no it's, it's not, not. so it's like if you have a card that's one black 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 he still triggers. It's oh, just looking for three. That's probably better, but I don't like that as much. I know. <laughs> I thought it was like the. I thought it was Niv Mizzet, but tricolored Niv Mizzet. I was like, hey, right. this card's sick. Exactly. Still so, very strong, though, especially if you're just running a lot of black pips, right? And you're right. Clear. So there's a lot of people building him as almost as like a as a five color mono black commander, which is you cool. don't have to spend black to cast. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so not bad. But I honestly like I've started building a shell of him. And and mine was like three different colored mana symbols, and so hmm. I think that's how I would still build him and how I will because that still him. works, right? It, it, yes, it yeah, still okay. works. But I just hadn't realized it, and so like when I saw someone on on YouTube like play him, I was like, oh my gosh, it could just be any three mana color symbols. Um, although, do you guys know how does hybrid mana work with that? Any idea? I tune out when you said hybrid mana. <laughs> so I I mean. I, hybrid mana technically uh, does omnath check upon cast no it's because it's just at the beginning of your pre-combat main phase you look at the card hmm. yeah and i don't then, i don't know how that would work well so so i think it would check i think it would i don't see a hybrid mana. mana yeah i think a hybrid mana would see two colors is that it's i don't own think so mana is that its own colored mana symbol oh so you're I would think you'd need three hybrid. Are you saying you maybe need two and you're good? Well, I don't know. That's it's like so. How does, how does Gigan- here, how does so Don't work? trust our advice. <laughs> does Gigantha work if you run like uh, a card with two hybrid pips of the same colors? Hmm. Or does she That's say she hit they him? Uh, does does because I I was looking and we could find out on Arena probably right. But yeah. if you try and put Gigantha in the companion zone and you run like a I put Luris in there. I don't know if that invalidates because of the the double hybrid. I would assume that's a similar reasoning, or I assume Omnath works similarly and treats the hybrid the same way. Yeah. If you know the answer, leave a comment. Yeah. There's comment section on on Substack. Come tell us. Let us know because I I genuinely don't know. Yeah, I've started looking to it a little bit, but haven't quite figured it out. But anyways, Omnath looks of all super super cool. Really happy that he's now gotten all five. I'm hopefully working on a Omnath suite of decks and I want to build each Omnath um, in each, you know, color having its own identity and like not playing similar cards in each of them and everything because now there's five of them. So working on a fun the jelly belly special. Yeah. Jelly jelly bowl, jelly bean bowl. So, so Omnath two and four are landfall. Uh I don't remember mono green Omnath. Omnath 
Mono is, green is like he's storage. Not, he's, not, he's, yeah, he's storage, storage green mana. And then three color is elementals. Elementals with landfall to draw cards. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, so he's a, he's gonna like be mana. fun. He's just a man about man. It, man, is it he? Is I'm Omnath is a jelly mana. bean. He's a, he, yeah. it's, it's a jelly bean. <laughs> it's a jelly bean. That's, jelly jelly slash bean. Yeah. Yes. I'm I'm here for that. Yeah. Anyway, so that's my first one. Uh, Jake, why don't you give us your first one? Okay. Um, so my uh, this is very hard, guys. I had a really hard time, but uh, I kind of looked at this as the ones that I will likely build a deck around. That that, that that's gonna make them the most favorite. Um, and my first is a uh, is a team up. So technically, I got three legends, and it is Drana and Linbala, and that is the one of the Zendikar team ups. Uh, so we're we're doing Zendikar legends tonight. Uh, it is one white white black for a legendary creature vampire angel, and that is a sweet type line. Uh, I believe there's only one other vampire angel in Magic. Um. So this is a three, four flying vigilance. It has Linvala's text of activated abilities of creatures. Your opponent's control can't be activated. Um, and if you have been keeping up on the sub stack, uh, I've got an article all about activated abilities. So this is the commander for my article, obviously. Um, and then the other line of text is that Drana and Linvala has all activated abilities of all creatures, your opponent's control. And you may spend mana as though it were mana of any color to activate those abilities. And uh, one of the reasons I love this card is the art in the showcase frame. I think it's, I, I, I was lukewarm on Zendikar showcase frame. Um, it is, it was good and it is good, but Drawn on the the, there's just this like beautiful, I don't remember who did the art actually, but um, it is a, light and dark just like very brush stroke brilliance so that is that is a big sell for me Um, the other reason too aside from it being a pretty sweet kind of taxi uh hate berry commander is it's gonna play different right like Mm. you can do whatever you're doing in the deck i don't know honestly i don't know how you build that deck but john limbala is gonna change based on who your matchups are with and my my magic theory is that as we make creatures do more and more things and we get more and more types of card advantage that activated abilities are going to keep becoming a staple onto the same way mm-hmm. you've got magic theory of stapling card draw onto Toskis. You're going to have activated abilities stapled on stapled onto things. And drawn on Lavala is going to say one, and it's a little arch enemy, right? Because people are going to say, I want my deck to do my stuff. But yeah shutting them down and also hey i get to do that stuff now so if if you've got an activated ability that ramps you i can spend mana and ramp now like it it's it feels open-ended it's kind of the whole suite for me so i'm really happy with that with that legend yeah uh question are are you bummed it's not esper because very very bummed it's not esper it does feel a little weird that it's not esper right because it's drana linvala which drana is um drana is just black right and yeah. Linvala's white blue. She, she started, started mono white. Yeah, the that's first bad. iteration of, and that's the one that this one's based off of. It looks right. like the, the effect. It, it, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not one to say more colors is better, but when more colors is better, adds blue, and especially when more colors <laughs> becomes Esper, I'm always on board. 
Uh, but yeah, I, I'm a little there's bummed. Some, there's some real bias in what Jake just said. <laughs> Everything I said is factually true. I don't Here. think you would catch Quentin or myself <laughs> ever saying that, but certainly not. No, the only thing I am bummed. Which is at. funny because my the we'll get to my commander, but in fact, it's it's a, a white blue commander, but I only want it for the white. So I'm actively <laughs> removing a color from the card. Uh, that's a mistake let me tell you right now um no i was gonna say the only thing i'm a little bummed out is i do have a black white um angel reanimator deck that i slotted my copy of drawn Limbala into um and i love that deck it's furia um from kaldheim is is the uh commander of that deck and i don't know how i'm gonna also build drawn in Limbala and feel good about myself but <laughs> We're gonna have to do it. So multiple Orzov Angel decks. Yeah. That, hey, that's listen, the flying s- creatures with great abilities. Flying, it's not to be slept on. Creatures, not period. to be slept like, on. Period. I think you, yeah, I, I, hey, I when, really when, think when your flyers, flyers are just... shut down other people's decks, there's a little bit of a bonus. Yeah. yeah. Hey, your Omnath can run Drawn and Limbala also. So they <laughs> got those three colors. So yeah, that's, that's my first one. So. That's pretty much it. It's a sweet card. Check it out. <laughs> nice. Gee, what you got for us? Yeah. So my my first one that I really really like, and it's for a very specific reason, is Heliod the Radiant Dawn, which transforms into Heliod the Warped Eclipse. So I am a sucker for a good storm deck. I don't play them very often because they can be they can take over a lot of time at a table, and so. I end up building a lot of storm decks, play them one time, be like, man, that was really fun. And everyone else got to do nothing. And then I take <laughs> apart said storm yes. deck. But I really I've like it against like at least three or four different color versions of storm decks from Quentin. Yeah. It could be Rakdos. It could be mono green. It could be. <laughs> Thank you. I solved storm. I solved storm for you. We'll, we'll chat about it. Okay. I want to, I want to hear your, uh, your solved storm. Um, yeah, it's storm and stacks are like loose light stacks are like my favorite things. I I love I love it. So Heliod, um, four mana, four four. When it enters, return an enchantment that's not a god from the graveyard to your hand. So it you know it brings an enchantment back to your hand. Fine, not that exciting. Not what it's there for. Um, but it has an ability that's three and a blue, but it's Phyrexian blue transform heliod radiant dawn into the exciting side which is heliod the warped eclipse (laughs) which says you may cast spells as though they had flash spells you cast cost one less to cast for each card your opponent opponents have drawn this turn so crazy it reduces the mana value of things like absolutely crazy and so um i i have a like 95% complete maybe I'll pull it out one day I don't know um version of mono white storm with heliod which is really oh, yeah, convoluted heliod don't it's just the activations phyrexian blue you don't right? so, you yeah, do not need not any really. blue mana mm-hmm. to make the deck work and so I I've always I've tried to make mono white storm a thing for a long time and I've have brewed a lot of really poor decks <laughs> and I think heliod is maybe the card to make mono white storm a thing it 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 requires a little bit of fake blue in the card to get us there but i think when it comes to playing mono white lines. storms you uh i think i think we will take the little bit of help we can get so 
really cool card. Reduce, you just make your opponents draw a bunch of cards, reduce your mana, the mana cost of a bunch of spells, cast, 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 and then Aetherflux Reservoir, laser people out of the game or whatever. So it's, I'm a big fan. I have a maybe hot take about the card. I think it is strictly better than both Leyline and Vidalcanari, like strictly better. I don't know if that's a hot take or if that's like the consensus. Um, well, I mean, I mean, Leyline and Orrery are just they're just a single card that does nothing else. Heliod gives mm-hmm. you the 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 versatility and the mana reduction and the tutor. Don't uh, so I. Well, it's I, not a tutor. I, it's just a, it's just bringing it back from the grave. I'm sorry. Well, yeah, the the recursion, um, which is not nothing. It's not. I I put a copy. Uh, we talked last week about um my Vadrock Storm deck that I had to disassemble, and the the culprit was part of the culprit was the ley line that I was playing in my new version. That's a lot more fun. I put a Heliod in there one, because when I play it, I'm hoping to recur an important enchantment. Mm-hmm. That's not, that's not nothing. And then I've got a body, right? I've got a mutate target. I've got a lot more going on. And then when I'm ready to, to have your, your Ori out with the reduction, I mean, I think it's a better card by a lot. Yeah. Even, I, with, even with the hoop to flip it. Yeah, I think I think that's a very fair statement, and I think it's more fun than those two cards as well because it, sure. it it you know plays a little bit of a mini game in there as well. So I'm yeah big big fan of Heliod, big fan of Theros. So I, you know, I, he's probably dead. I think I think he's <laughs> is, he, is he finally dead? I think he's finally dead. I think this is iteration oh. number three where we've tried. Well, they, well tried if he's to not dead, him. he's like offline, right? Aren't all the Phyrexians just kind of like? Oh yeah, offline yeah. while Phyrexia is in Star the Wars Episode universe. One style, like all of them just yeah. just turned <laughs> off. Shut down. Yeah, because they they tried to uh, Elspeth killed him, quote unquote, in the original Theros block, and then the next Theros block, he got put under the world and was like Atlas style, holding up the entire world, doomed down there, and then is back and killed again. So I guess you can't really kill a god is what this says. So if you learned anything from Star Wars, you don't need new villains. Just keep resurrecting the same bringing them back. (laughs) Hey, they'll be the best villains in the show. (laughs) Um, But one thought of what you're mentioning, Jake, about Leyline and um, uh, Vidal Kanori is the one thing with this is you do have to be Azorius or more. That's true. That's true. Vidal Kanori is colorless. You can play in any deck you want and Leyline in any blue deck so it's like we're now like it's still a really good card but it is it does it does have the color restriction for sure to flip it so it's like you or you know at least you're at least looking at seven mana to get it in listen listen obviously my take of this card is good is always going to be kind of wrong but i think i'm still kind of right strictly better no but i think it's well worth a consideration strictly better to play um, i think it's strictly funner in my opinion yeah i think it's i think that's a fair statement it's it's strictly funner um yeah i think it plays a lot more entertaining yeah you said in the right colors for it that's if you're in the right colors i i do think that yes the the instant like the uh the value you get right off the bat i think is Mm -hmm. something but yeah you're right Color, color restrictions are a thing. So, uh, yeah, Logan, hit us with your uh, with your second favorite legend. Yeah, so my second favorite. So this came in. I guess it's technically part of the March of the Machine Commander stuff, but it was from the set booster. So these were some of the other ones, but it's Goro Goro and Satoru. Hmm. Um, 
So this is a three mana, three, four. Um, and it says whenever one or more creatures you control that enter the battlefield this turn, deal combat damage to a player, create a five, five red dragon spirit creature token of flying. And you can pay two to give creatures you control haste until end of turn. So as we talked about on the last podcast, um, my favorite card of magic is sneak attack. Um, and this commander is the perfect commander for sneak attack. Um, just because whenever those creatures come in, if they deal combat damage to a player and make a five, five, if I deal damage to all three of my opponents, I get to make three, five, fives. You made sneak attack. Good. Yes. Uh, (laughs) even better. (laughs) Um, and I'm not really like much of like a dragon player. So I'm not looking at this as like, Oh, I'm just going to fill it with a bunch of dragons. I just like sneak. I just like sneaking in like big stuff um and then i'll have like a little bit of a reanimation package so i can sneak attack it in let it die bring it back later and just keep the loop going but for three mana to get this to come in that then you know turn four or five you're playing sneak attack and starting just like pumping stuff in super super cool so i was a huge fan of this because i've had a i've had an obeka brute canologist deck for a little while that plays my sneak attack but I've been kind of tinkering with it. Wasn't really sure what I was going to do with it. And I'm pretty positive it's just going to turn into Gorogorin's Toru. Because I think this is exactly what the deck wants to do. Um, and plus the art, especially on the, the Kamigawa version of it, is just gorgeous. Um, so yeah, super, super excited for this. And at like three mana, like... That's yeah, I think this is, I think this is, in my opinion, and this is not looking at the list, probably one of the best of the team ups where they took both characters both cards and made a really cohesive mix yeah yeah because you can also i mean i don't know if you're going to go this route logan but you can th- this works with the ninjutsu too so yeah. satoru's nin- the, the satoru that gives everything ninjutsu or your ninjas are going to trigger this and your old goro goro was all about the haste and making dragons i mean it's a it's a sweet card that's a really cool one yeah i'm i'm a big fan and i'm, I'm excited I'm, I'm working on it right now i'm hoping to, to build it out here soon excited excited to die to that <laughs> as as your sneak attack decks tend to do i'm ready to die yeah, yeah. i don't and that's the thing is because i have my obeka deck but i haven't played it as much recently just because i've been tinkering with some other decks so i, ha- yeah. I actually don't even have sneak attack in any decks right now and i have like two copies i know and so i'm like so like as soon as this was spoiled i was like okay cool i've got my i got my sneak we attack found it now. yeah I'm, I'm i'm good yep. i'm good <laughs> so uh, Jake, what's uh, your what's your second uh, commander? My second, and this is going to be a shocker to to me as I even read it, uh, is a green card. Technically, um, whoa! It's it's. Yeah, I wouldn't it's a, call this a green. Uh, it has green in there. You it's think? a green card by technicality. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a green symbol. All right. Um, this is so we talked about doing um, March of the Machine and and Aftermath as well. And so I pulled this over from the Aftermath set. And this is Niv-Mizzet Supreme. Uh, it is a Wooburg, white, blue, black, red, green, legendary creature, dragon avatar. It's a 5-5 five, five with flying and hexproof from monocolored. And then it has each instant and sorcery card in your graveyard that's exactly two colors has jumpstart. Uh, I love this card a lot. It's lot. That's pretty cool. <laughs> so so I, I am... F- Probably one of my first three commander decks was a Niv-Mizzet Firemind deck. 
um, build a Perun, did that whole thing, did the rodeo when, and just as a character, obviously he's very beloved by the community. Otherwise Watsy wouldn't print a billion types of him, but um, in the war of the spark storyline, when he uh, planned his death and then got resurrected and became the guild pact with all five colors, I thought as, as just as a consumer, a happy consumer of content that, is very rarely like upset with story. I just, I'm, I'm easy to please. I thought capping Ravnica, which has been touted as, you know, one of the better worlds design wise with all the guilds that you kind of cap this war that's happening on Ravnica by building like a build your own, uh, all faction commander basically. Right. Cause the, cause, um, uh, reborn does that same thing he's a five color and cares about two color exactly two color spells um what this one does differently that i really like is i like the hexproof model code i like protecting my commanders as you know and eating um or well not eating the removal that you can't cast on it is nice but i also really like that it pulled in the is it mechanic from uh was it guilds i think or revenant allegiance one of those one of those two mm-hmm. um the jumpstart mechanic is one of my favorites um which is no surprise i really like using my spells again <laughs> so um I, I think it's cool that you get honestly you could put uh and you probably i probably will put reborn in this deck too just to get those two colored spells but um it's a fun restriction i think i think there's a way for it to probably be pretty oppressive but i think it can be a fun just a fun deck i i I don't really know how to build decks that are more than three colored that have green and i haven't i I think honestly the last one i built was was reborn like a couple however many years ago so yeah um, i don't i don't think it's gonna run the risk of being too powerful like i mean jumpstart inherently challenge (laughs) well i mean any any commander can get overpowered right like it's especially in five color you can but if you're building it to his abilities and like building around him, jumpstart inherently like self-regulates to a certain extent because you're pitching cards to it. So I don't, I don't yeah, think and you're exiling and you're exiling. You, can. so yeah. you can't yeah. just loop something. Um, so I, I think it's a really cool card. It's exciting. It's fun design space. Yep. Um, definitely plays into this Niv Mizzet hyper ego that he's got of just like, oh, yeah wanting to be be the king of everything it's i think it's cool i, I just i like that they they did a, a nice little nod to him being the guild pact and then also that he was the is it um perun right so yeah yeah i'm excited to build him i'll let you guys know how it goes but i'm really excited about him he's, he's a sweet card i'm also found it very interesting that niv mizzet is is it or five color but there's never been like there wasn't like a um, well, it's it's not like Omnath was an evolution thing. Like it's it's definitely a story driven thing where he's sure. trying he's trying to you know become take over become well, the yeah, head he, of it was, the it was, guilds right. It was prior to um, Bolas invading Ravnica. Like it was they were aware that it was happening, right? And so Niv planned his own death or whatever it was, and used the the power of I don't know of all ten guilds to resurrect him. Yeah. And I don't know how he became the guild pact from Jace or if Jace just kind of, you know, gave, gave him the keys of the kingdom, but yeah. So yeah, it is story driven and, and yeah, I don't, I don't know if there, it wouldn't have made a lot of sense to give him a three or four color on a, on Ravnica. You really can only do two colors and then five, That's yeah, I guess with the exception of gear for whatever reason. 
and that that cycle that was kind of like doing both things but yeah yeah so sweet card iq what's your secondary command what's your second commander you're stoked about yeah this is one that i'm i'm really excited about it's from it's one of the in the pre-cons actually the the march machine commander pre-cons it's shalai and halar um i think (laughs) yeah i the this card is is cracked if you want a combo shalai and halar can do it but like with the snap of a finger like it is so easy to go infinite which is actually to me a downside because it it be, it makes the card look a lot scarier than how i want to use it but i just think the ability that it has so it's a it's a four mana one red green white three three flying vigilance whenever one or more plus one plus one counters are put on a creature you control shall i and halar deal that much damage to target opponent so one thing that i really like in commander is i like building and playing to the board i don't tend to like strategies that sit back hold cards in hand keep you know keep things closed lips i guess like i like to be playing the the board uh, the opposite of jake yeah yeah exactly (laughs) um i like and i I like to give people the opportunity to to interact with my stuff and i like to have i hate that I <laughs> I like to have an impact on the game. I like even if I lose, I want my cards to have done something. And Shalai and Halar really embody that. They land, you are playing creatures, they're getting plus one, plus one counters. You're building creatures. In the meantime, you're also impacting life totals along the way as you're as you're pinging and burning people. Um, I just think it's a really cool commander. I think there's a lot of fun you can have with it too, giving it lifelink. Um, allows you to gain life off those things because it's it's actually it itself is dealing the damage, not the creatures that are getting the counters on them. You can, you know, put uh, a keen sense or something like that. So whenever they deal damage, you draw a card. Like it's it's really I like that it's templated that they themselves are the ones that do the damage because it allows you to do a lot of cool shenanigans. Now it also allows you to go like again go infinite really really fast. And With so most cards that have been printed go yeah. infinite. Yeah, yeah. Um, your deck restriction is there's only a hundred cards that it doesn't combo infinite with. So yeah, yeah. So, so I, I'm currently playing this in our pre-con league, which is a, a kind of a, a gameplay series that we're doing, where e- each week you uh, you know whether you when you win or lose whatever you get certain points, you get a certain number of ads. So I'm that's the deck that I'm using for that, and it's really exciting. Excited to build it through the course of the league, and then it's one that I I very much plan to to keep long term, and I want to build it into kind of a, a life gain plus one plus one counter burn confluence of of chaos which is yeah it's it's a card that's right up my alley and i'm 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 really happy that it got printed yeah q do you feel like because the ability definitely feels very halar do you feel like it feels super shalai um like i know we talked about how like sometimes like some of the team ups feel like it's like really flavorful but as like a really good mix between the two um like I think what does Shalai do? I, are, she... I think Goro Goro and Satoru are, but Shalai, like she Shalai gives counters. hexproof, but what's the is the counters that she does? Yeah, yeah Ooh, you okay. can pay six and activate Shalai and put counters and everything. Yeah. Really the only synergy that exists between like the overlap between them is plus one plus one counters because right. Halar is specifically kicker. So I don't actually think mm-hmm. either of them are are necessarily representative of their like their source card. But they're bo- uh, they both Halar's care about an archer. Like I think it's a little. I think it's a little hard on some of these team ups where 
it's a newer character we've had one iteration of. Yeah. It's a lot easier to go, oh yeah, like this this one works. Well, I can't think of one off like like Thalia and the Gitrog monster. This is what like nine Thalias, right? Yeah. Yeah. I I think it's a fine representation. It it takes the plus one plus one counters and the burn feeling from the both of them and it flies and the flying comes solely from the angel. So I will take it. (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. Angel, the best tribe in magic. You heard it here. There it is. We should, we should probably uh, at some point talk about, the precon league and get that get filming on it but that's that's something that we're we've been working on for a couple of years now and it's pretty fun so i mean keep stay tuned for that just by the way yeah it's gonna be cool yeah absolutely so in a, in a lot of the you know set reviews come out so many creators and individuals are talking about cards one of the things that often happens is cards just get overlooked people talk about the 10 best cards and that's that so again, we, we want to try to do something different. So the next category is favorite common or uncommon. So Logan, what's your what's what's your favorite common or uncommon from these sets? Yeah, so I had a couple and um, kind of like what Jake mentioned earlier, I, I usually when I'm like looking for like my favorite, I'm like looking for a one that oftentimes I will either, if it's a commander, I will build or for a card, if it's going to go into one of my decks. But I don't even know if this is going into any of my decks, like, currently. Like, there's a chance it might. But so from Aftermath, there is this really cool card that seems really, really strong for Uncommon as well. So it's called Filter Mm -hmm. Out. So it's one blue-blue for an instant. And it says, return all non-creature, non-land permanents to their owner's hands. That is super strong for three mana at instant speed yeah like that is crazy um so i saw that like i like i said i had a couple other cards in mind i had one that was like it's one of the black phyrexians you can like tap tapper to like sacrifice a creature or an artifact and incubate three which um i had which is really good for my king macar deck that i have mm-hmm. um but then as i like i did like a second like look through through all of the commons and uncommons through these sets and I found this card and I was like, this card is sick. Um, I don't play a ton of like control counter decks or anything like that, but I am working on a, a Zevlor uh, deck. Um, and that's probably the deck that this would go in. Just at instant speed, being able to bounce all artifacts, enchantments, planeswalkers, uh, you know, just yeah. especially at our pod, I feel like, because we play a lot of artifacts we play a lot of enchantment decks like we i think we have a lot of those style of decks at our tables and artifacts so are all to, creatures so it's fine. yeah yeah <laughs> but even like even outside of treasures our, our pod necessarily yeah. and and Logan, you had said you don't you're not much of a control player i don't like sure yes is this going to slot into probably a, a control space absolutely but i i actually think this is a really big level up for blue yeah. in commander that hasn't gotten a lot of updates or, or tweaking to what it can do in a while and blue has been a little bit pigeonholed in my opinion of what it can do it's it counters and draws cards and that's kind of the, yeah, space the board that wipes it the board wipes aren't as clean and this is a great blue board yeah wipe. and it allows blue to have a little bit of a tempo gain and a lower mana sense yeah and encourages blue to play creatures in a, you know, in a way that it hasn't traditionally. And so 
you build around this. I don't think I don't think it really needs to be a control shell. I think That's it gives blue a really nice tempo advantage in a space where it doesn't get it. Now, when you slap four other colors with blue, like you get away from blue's issues in the game for sure. But I think blue's at a mono blue, especially is at a fair disadvantage in commander right now. And I think this is a really cool way to give them some early game game tempo wins. Yeah, especially because it's like it's it gives you another option to where it's like, hey, I don't just have to play Psych Rift, right? Psychonic Rift is the yeah. quintessential board wipe, quote unquote, uh, you know, in commander and everything. And that seven mana though. is just to me, like that is just one of the most boring cards to play. Cause it's like literally, okay, I'm gonna hold up seven mana. If you hold up seven mana, most people know what you're doing. Yeah. You wait until the person's turn right before you. No one wants to cast into your seven mana. So no one's really going to play anything. So everyone ter- takes a turn off. You psych rift the board anyway. And then everyone takes a turn just rebuilding their board. And that, I think that's one of the things with blue um, specifically is flavorfully bouncing as blue's method of board wipe is great. Mm-hmm. But it's not, it doesn't win you the game unless, you know, psych rift does because it's one sided. Right. Um, all it does is slow the game down. So one, we play it less because you don't want to slow the already long game that is commander down. For sure. And so you're, if you're playing blue, you're not really playing a whole lot of board wipes. There's, you know, there's some niche ones. And, and like, like you said, this isn't necessarily a board wipe, but it lets you get that, that tempo advantage while not also setting yourself back too. So I think it's pretty sweet. And yeah. at three mana. It's great. Yeah, it's Three a minute, card. instant speed. You get to, and all the creatures stay. So it's like, okay, so like, it's not a full board wipe or anything. Like, it's not even a board wipe, but it's. But you nuke the dark side player yeah. theoretically, too. Yeah. And especially like, yeah. in blue trying to deal with enchantments. Yeah. Like, that doesn't, very, that doesn't exist, right? Like, very tough. Yeah. Oh, there's a couple, but. Yeah. There are a few, but like, very obscure and everything. And so this is just like, hey, all artifacts, all enchantments, boom, put it back to hand. So, like, Super cool card. Expensive planeswalkers, hand. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, really, really cool card. So as I was looking through, that was definitely my favorite, and I'm I'm excited to try it out because like most of the decks I build, especially, are end up being creature heavy, and so being able to play that in my creature heavy deck in blue that maybe doesn't have board wipes or whatever, or lots of you know, like if I if I'm playing an is it deck and I don't really have ways to remove enchantments, like that's perfect. So really excited to to try out filter out really cool card. Yeah. I love filter out. I, I have the uh, problem anytime there's a three mana value or less instant (laughs) or sorcery in the uh, Jeskai color to say, is this a bad drop card? (laughs) And I'm not sure if this one is, it might be, but uh, it's it's pretty sweet. We'll see how it does. I think it could be. I, the problem is my version of bad is also, trying to slam a thousand year storm and there's some other things going on that i would like to not have bounced so fair enough but maybe Popping i mean it's your uh, your filter out 15 times with thousand year storm seems like a <laughs> really easy way to lose a game <laughs> <laughs> just to get my magecraft triggers i'll do it yeah um well I'll, I'll go through mine um i thought we would be blasted on social media if we don't mention surge of salvation as the best yeah in this category so good and i should mention it because it's the card that i bought several copies of because it's freaking awesome it Mm -hmm. works it works in my play style it's sweet it does a lot of things it does things differently too it's not just another version of protect your stuff it's 
counter black spells that are targeting you. It's it's wild. So yeah. Um, but but my actual one to talk about I, that I like is Ren's Resolve. Um, it's also a Vadrock card. Uh, it is a one and a red sorcery. Exile the top two cards of your library until end of turn. You may play those cards. Um, we've seen this effect a lot in Red's Impulsive Draw Suite. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it stood out because the two for two is pretty good. Um, sometimes you're getting, you know, and, and your next turn. So there, there's, there's some things that, that it, and sorcery speed where it's, uh, not as strong as, as some of maybe the, the best options of this, this effect. Um, but I like seeing it. Um, but I think, density matters, right? Like in, in a color setup that yeah. wants, that needs more cards, density of this type of effect really does matter. And, and two mana for two cards is, it's pretty, it's a pretty fair and it, pretty great rate. It's not expressive iteration, but if you don't have blue, it's doing a decent job. Yeah. yeah so, I mean, not most things aren't expressive iteration. Well, if that you, card if is you're insane. even coming close to expressive iteration, That's I think true. it's very good. If card, it's in the so. same sentence, I think there's something to be said about it. Yeah. So I, I think that, and that's, a, that one's a common too. So yeah, that's, that's a dirt cheap one. And I think that is a, I mean, if you're building a deck that's doing those things, it's probably the top five versions of that card. So you probably want it. Yeah. But yeah, simple, yeah, easy. It's in bad Rock already. So doing its stuff. Yeah. So up in the, the storm card... count. <laughs> Always up in the storm count. That's, that's the name of the game. Are you check cards. Is this up in the storm count? <laughs> um, the card, the the common uncommon that I really like, also deals with exiling cards. Um, it's campus renovation. So this is from Aftermath. Three, three colorless red and a white for a sorcery. Return up to one target artifact or enchantment card from your graveyard to the battlefield. Exile the top two cards of your library until the end of your turn. You may play those cards. So end of your next turn. Oh yeah, and it, I was uh, yeah, great. End of your next you know, turn. The flex Even on my better. card there, Logan. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think this card's really cool. I having artifact or enchantment exclusive reanimation is really cool. We don't have a lot of those, right? Yeah. Red and white have a decent amount of reanimation black being the king of creature reanimation but red and white do have a fair number of ways to um bring things back from the graveyard but i don't know we don't get many that bring specifically back enchantments at this cost and so i think that's really really cool um it's sure it's five mana but i've i used to have a boros artifact reanimation deck headed by quintorius and Five mana to bring back your 10 drop or whatever, very, very fair rate. You know, you're not playing black, you're not getting reanimate, but the fact that this has some versatility in getting artifacts or enchantments allows it to, it's pretty fun. It just, it gives new space. I like the design space. And then it's got like extra sugar on top where you get to exile two cards and play them. So, you know, you and it says play, so you can you know you can get a land drop off of it. You cast it this turn, and then you can cast those two cards that you exile next turn. Like just just very strong, keeps the engine running. I think that's one thing reanimation decks can struggle with is they spend a lot of time filtering through cards and dumping cards in the graveyard, and then don't have they end up with an empty hand, which is fine because you want to be using your graveyard a lot. But at the same time, if something happens to your graveyard or whatever, um. 
or your key piece gets taken. I don't know. This just gives you cards and the ability to bring something back. And I think it's really cool. And it's also uh, Strixhaven, which got some really cool art of like this whole, can't you know, yeah. building like coming back together. When it's it's cool. I, I'm I'm a big fan of that card. I was gonna say because I built uh, obviously I have a reanimator deck uh, in white black, and I've been uh, playing the Atraxa reanimator in uh, on Arena, which I know to much to my shame, but. Um, five mana uh if i'm not mistaken at least from what i've looked at in black which is the premier reanimating color um and in white five mana is the cost at which your reanimation is still good and hopefully doing something else four Mm -hmm. is like where it can at the highest i think that it can be just reanimating right you got like like resurrection zombify things like that yeah and if it's higher than five it's doing like giving it indestructible it's do, or yeah all graveyards so i don't yeah. think saying like uh, in a non-reanimation primary colors in non-black at five mana you're already doing good and then i think the fact that you get some extra is is really good on top yeah because i was just looking through um and like most of the time like you're most of the time any cards that would say like hey like return target enchantment from your graveyard to somewhere it's usually to your hand yes like yep. four mana so this one saying you get to pick an artifact or enchantment for five mana, but back to the battlefield mm-hmm. and you get to XL two cards off the top. Like that's really strong. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really, I personally wish it was just mono white. Yeah. Cause like <laughs> just an enchantment reanimation is really cool. I don't, we don't get much of that. I think one of the archons is one of the only cards that actually lets you bring it directly back to the battlefield, but that has to attack in order to do that. Yeah. And there so was a it's new one. There was a new good one in, um, brother's war um i was just looking at it oh yes um that it's like five mana yeah repair and recharge five mana Mm -hmm. sorcery return target artifact enchantment or planeswalker from the graveyard to the battlefield and create a tapped power token um power stone token um so like that's the thing it's it's animation plus whatever the thing is you're doing Mm -hmm. yeah five yeah at five mana is really really strong so yeah super cool card i love that a lot and like the art and the flavor with uh strict saving great Mm -hmm. i just think it's easy to compare everything to reanimate but you only have one reanimate and then you've got to persist and then you're kind of you're scraping that dead you got the yeah whatever beacon of immortality what is is that beacon of immortality i think it's a card pretty sure Speaking of something, four mana. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. That card. But, you know, five, you're hitting five quick. And in in the deck where you're reanimating, you want the density. So I think density matters for sure. That's a stellar card. So next category, jumping jumping forward a little bit, is cards that we're going to add to our own decks. So we were adding every card already to our decks. (laughs) I mean, a lot of the ones that we talk about are going in, but these are just extra cards that we're playing specifically in our own decks that we are planning to slot in or already have slotted in. So Logan, start us off. uh, The card that you are slotting into your decks. Yeah. Or deck itself. Yeah. So the card that I'm the most excited to put in one of my decks uh, is called Nesting Dovehawk. Uh, so this was actually in the uh, Jeskai Convoke pre-con. Um, mm-hmm. But it's a four mana, two, two flying bird. Uh, at the beginning of combat on your turn, populate. Your uh, favorite. 
ability. My favorite ability. <laughs> uh, as I mentioned last week, Giret is my favorite commander, um, and he cares about populating tokens. Um, so Nessie Dovehawk at four mana for a flyer that populates at combat, really strong. And a lot of these effects that do this end up making the token go away. This one does not. This is just a strictly populate, so you get to keep it. But on top of that, its other ability says, whenever a creature token enters the battlefield under your control, put a plus one, plus one counter on Nessing Dovehawk. Um, so we actually... We, we saw this to great effect. Yeah. Uh, we, we mentioned before, we've been doing our pre-con league, and Simon is playing the, the Jeskai Convoke deck and had this card out. And within like one to two turns, I think had pumped out like at least like 10 to 12 mm-hmm. one ones. And this bird went from being mm-hmm. a two to being like a 12, 12, a 14, 14, like literally within like one turn around. So really, really strong card. Um, and yeah, truly. really cool um, because it doesn't like seem all that strong. But then once you like now that deck wants to play lots of small tokens, whereas gear it is usually more about playing, like copying some like, copying your creatures and making a copy of that so the dual access is cool gonna grow super big but the great thing about this is it's non-legendary and so that means that any of my things that make copies of things i can make copies of the nesting dovehawk to then populate multiple times Mm -hmm. populate themselves and it can just grow and grow and grow and the hopefully just have an army of doves flying bringing me victory across the battlefield killing my opponents so that's like Logan, the, you're the legend of zelda like equivalent of like hitting the chickens and then you <laughs> yeah. just have this swarm of chickens coming down on you come in. and this is just a bunch of doves that are like yeah okay we're done with you yeah i was gonna say your gear deck has a full-on like dedicated suite of slots that is the delina dot deck slots the things that are making copies and i need to copy that thing that's making copies so my copies become exponential (laughs) it's it's crazy yeah i mean uh, it's a fire too special shout out to ortheon hero of lava brink who didn't quite make the cut he's he's like number two but nesting dovehawk is just so cool but ortheon will also be going in gear ed but nesting dovehawk gets the first ad because that card is super cool Uh, lava brink guy yeah, Lava Brink guy, really great guy. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's probably the card I'm most excited to put in one of my decks. Um, it's Nesting Deathhawk into Gear of Conclave Exile. So like I said, there's a couple nice. others like I definitely have for my other decks, but that's the one I'm the most excited about. So yeah, nice. card sweet. I, I think too that um the fact that it does go into multiple types of decks is really mm-hmm. cool. So yeah. that's awesome. Um, my card is, and I had a hard time as usual. Just to stop saying that I had a hard time picking. Just uh, assume that Jake. Assume, assume that, that Jake labored over time these narrowing our choices down. <laughs> well, this one I, I like a lot because a yes, I'm very excited to put it in specifically my my rail deck, um, but also it's so unique. Like, there's a lot of cards that are oh, this is a great card advantage engine that's at a better cost than my old one. But this mm-hmm. is, and we've talked, we've mentioned it before, but three mana rocks are the wizards has been pushing them a little bit to, to do a little bit more. And we're pretty big fans over here at the pod. Oh, yeah, um, so fans. my, my oh, ad is yeah. wand of the world soul. This is also from the Jeskai precon, uh, the convoke one. Um, it is a three mana, uh, two and a white artifact. It does enter the battlefield tapped. It taps for white. And then it has a second tap ability and you can tap it. And then the next spell you cast this turn has Convoke. 
So there's obviously some downsides. You can talk about three mana rocks. You can talk about stuff coming in tapped, whatever. Ignore that. It's a mana rock giving you white mana and colored mana is, is a good thing. But that convocability is very cool. I, I really cool. You you could argue that it's like it doesn't do enough. I've, I've heard people say it doesn't do enough, but my rail makes like 20 droids a turn. You can literally say I'm casting Avacyn for free this turn. Like this is a rock with a very high ceiling. And I don't think it needs yeah. to. Ha- I don't think I don't care how how the floor is on it because it's a three mana rock. So some of it's baked in. But the floor I think, is pretty fair, right? Like well, it's it's and I, 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 that's that's the great thing about a lot of the direction of these three mana rocks is the floor is, hey, it comes in, whether well, maybe it comes in tapped, untapped, I don't know, but it's going to make colored mana and it's going to be a three mana rock. And you know, when push comes to shove, is it the most powerful thing in the format these days? Absolutely not. But but it's the most fun. It it is the most fun. And this cycle is what you've got a uh, midnight clock and and uh, curse mirror are the are the two the red and the blue ones, and those they do feel very on color. And this one yeah. is too. Yeah, it's a very cool card. Again, yeah, the floor is the floor is totally passable, and the ceiling is crazy, wild. wild. Yeah. So we'll see some fun things. I'm excited for that card. Nice. Take yeah, us, thank so you. my card is it's a actually the first time we've mentioned a battle all night. That's one of the true. cool new types of cards that still came trying to in. read them. <laughs> one of the, the cool kind of cards that came with March the Machine is this new card, this new card type battle. And the one that I really like is called Invasion of Carsis. It's two colorless, two red. When an invasion of Carsis enters the battlefield. It deals three damage to each creature and each planeswalker. It's got four, you know, loyalty counters. Um, I actually don't defense, know what defense defense counters. Thank you. Um, and so you give it to an opponent. If you can hit, you know, get four damage off on it, it flips into refraction elemental, a four four with ward paid to life. Whenever you cast a spell, Refraction Elemental deals two damage to each opponent. Really so, hey, yeah, helps the storm. <laughs> it's a good card. <laughs> doesn't have flip, to count, but yeah, it's true. It, well, when you flip it, you do cast it. So, nah, but this yeah, is it does have a storm. This is not for a storm deck. This is for my Caravec deck. So I have mm. a creatureless Caravec deck where the only creature in the whole deck is Caravec himself, and then it's surrounded by a bunch of really cool like really cool cards i don't know if you call it that mean cards whatever to try and prevent other people from having creatures or killing their creatures let's call them painful painful (laughs) yeah make your decisions have uh, an impact right um and so this is sliding right into caravec it's a miniature board wipe essentially can hit anything will kill things is it cheating it's it's not cheating um in the creatureless form because it is a battle on the front side. And then if it dies, it flips into a creature that continues the burn. So it's I, that's what I really like about this Caravac deck specifically is it finds really clever ways to actually get creatures. I play a lot of uh, man lands. I play a lot of mm. artifacts that turn you can activate and turn it into a creature. Um, I have Mogus, which is an enchantment until you get enough stuff on board, then it turns into a creature. It's just kind of the, the theme of the deck is finding cool ways to create creatures 
when you don't actually ever cast a creature outside of Caravac. So um, is it the like objectively the most powerful card or the most powerful battle? Absolutely not. But I think it's cool. And I think if you're looking to burn and have some good damage that way, it's it's a decent add because it board wipes and flips over into a pretty resilient threat yeah. that can deal a lot of damage. Well, and, and the only way to remove the threat uh, with target is to get burned. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So I like that. Um, yeah. Hugh, when I, when I read that you were going to be doing a battle, I really thought you were going to go uh, invasion of Kaldheim. Uh, yeah, that, too. that was, that was definitely up there. Um, I just, I think invasion of invasion of Karsus is, is better in Caravec than invasion of Kaldheim is in Quintorius. So I, I have a mm-hmm. Quintorius field historian Boros lands deck and invasion of Kaldheim is also really awesome card yeah. for that deck. But I, I'm people listening I, to the pod are like, let me rewind. I got to be taking notes on what did he say this deck is? Yeah. <laughs> yes. What is this deck? <laughs> well, go check it out. Check out the sub stack. I have a full breakdown of the deck and how how I built it, the the mechanics around it. It's a really, really fun deck. Big, big fan. Um, yeah. So let's jump into our last question. We're going to do a rapid fire bonus question here to wrap up uh, the podcast here. The bonus question this this week is going to be who would be your multiverse team up who do you want to fight alongside you against the phyrexian so logan hit us who's your who's your fighter yeah i mean who better to fight the phyrexians than someone who has maybe played on their side before who maybe wants a little revenge or you know i don't know all of his backstory but uh my character that i chose is greven um i used to have a greven predator captain uh rakdos deck that I really loved, um, really strong. Um, but I don't know. I just like, when I was like thinking about it, I was like going through the different planes that were kind of involved with this set. Like I was, you know, you know, there was Ravnica, there was Zendikar, there was all these things, but my, I kind of landed on Dominaria and I started like thinking through some of the characters and for whatever reason, Grevin just stood out. Like if, if I'm going to go to battle with anybody, I mean, Grevin is gonna, he's going to do will, some work. <laughs> man will punch hard. He might stab you in the back, but he will he, punch hard. Yeah. You know, but we can, we'll, we'll figure it out. You know, we'll, uh, we'll go take over, um, the weather light. We'll go take control and then we'll just go ham on the Phyrexians. It'll be great. <laughs> hey, you've got a, a spaceship. You can fly around. You're fine. Exactly. <laughs> nice. All right, Jake, your your defender, your fighter. I thought about this long and hard, uh, mostly from the how do I survive this? I was less interested in uh, who, who can punch the hardest. I just who's going to keep me alive. Um, and one of the things that I thought was a little bit of a miss on, on the set was that we didn't have a team up for my Coria that was a bonder and a, uh, a monster with, with the Aluda bond. I thought that was a gimme, a shoe in. Why would yeah. you do it? We did get, uh, and so my mine is Vadrock Apex of Thunder, the one of my favorite commanders um, that I talk about all the time. Uh, he did get a story, and in that story, he melted oh, that Luca. That story is so good. <laughs> he, he melted yeah. the amalgam giant thing that was Luca, and and a so so one we know that that he can fight them. Um, the other thing is uh, there was a hinting on Ikoria that some of the monsters were developing uh, like a immunity to the phyresis with their crystals so i'm just thinking i just hop on his back and we'll uh we'll survive and or win 
right so, off in the sunset there's no no reason to lose so dad rock on bad rock <laughs> oh yeah there it is oh, yeah you can find me on uh, twitter at dad rock apex of the uh, blunder so. apex of blunder <laughs> <laughs> incredible um my my team up so logan went like this guy's mean this guy knows his stuff jake went with also this guy's mean he can protect me i was thinking the world's collapsing i might die who do I want to hang out with as I go? <laughs> and uh, I Quintorius is who I picked. I just I just think it, Quentin and Quintorius team up. One, this guy had a major glow up in the story. I think he could probably he protect is. me and and do some good work. Um, but if not, he and I can chat through the collapse of the world all about history and stories and just have a good old time because he, I, I imagine how similar they are. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I, I imagine Quintorius is the kind of guy that like, you know, if, whenever you go camping and there's always that proverbial uncle that just tells really, really good stories and everyone's just like enamored by his stories. That's what I imagine Quintorius is like. And so that, that's the guy I want to help send me into the potential death. We <laughs> do survive ultimately, but that's that's why I pick Quintorius. What a guy. The guy and what a story that Strixhaven story like the Strixhaven Ikoria those are probably two of my favorite stories that yeah from oh, yeah. the story set well, like, those two were so good they released the same day I and know in our chat we were just like <laughs> I was I think freaking it's the most out about our chat had ever yeah been. I was freaking out about Quintorius and the Strixhaven stuff and Jake's like Bad Rock is back he's killing things like it was it was a fun time it was a what fun a, day. what a hit so which is truly like the kind of like that that culminates what March of the Machine and Aftermath was. It was such an impressive story arc, such a fun read. We see so many cool characters come through. We're big, big fans of this set. We're building commander decks. We're throwing cards in our decks. We love it. Um, but yeah, that's our breakdown. That's that's our takes for the set. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, if you want to hear more of what we have, again, check out the Substack. There's a lot of great art- articles once a week, they're going up, hoping to, to to scale that with some time and write some more. Um, and yeah, we'll see you in two weeks for episode three. Thanks for joining us and, and take care. Uh-huh.